All right. Welcome to everyone listening or watching. This is our Conversations podcast, and I'm Chris Creech from Genesis Church uh, here with Jeff Stott, also from Genesis Church. And uh, today we are going to be talking about um, some more values that are important to Genesis, and this one is uh, love and how we experience love, how we love other people, how we love ourselves, how God loves us, how we love God, et cetera, et cetera. And so we're going to be talking about <laughs> uh, basically love today and how that helps us to grow spiritually in our everyday life. So. Yeah. And specifically uh, what I'm, uh, what I'm calling this today is really the five directions of love. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so what we're going to do is we're just going to spend a little time on each one today. And so for example, the five are in a nutshell, uh, we're going to talk about God loving you. Mm -hmm. All right. What that is, what it's not, you know, and cause some people have some weird ideas about, what it means for God to love them, you know, sure, like, sure. well, if he loved me, he wouldn't let this happen. Well, sure. Yeah. You know, that kind of a thing, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to talk about God loving you. We're going to talk about what, uh, you loving God looks like. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you loving others and what others loving you looks like. And then we're going to talk about you loving you and, uh, and actually, to be honest with you, all five of those, uh, you know, no matter. Okay. So if you are a pastor and you're listening to this, or if you're a Sunday school teacher, life group leader, small group leader or something, um, every single lesson that you teach fits underneath one of those five. I mean, every yep. one, yep. you know, you're either talking about trying to understand and love God or understand his love for you, you know, all the stuff, you know, and that we just walked through. So, um, and you know, Jesus summarized all that stuff and, uh, the Bible where he's talking about the first and second greatest commandments, you know, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, love your neighbor yourself and the great commission. All five of these mm -hmm. things are there, which we can talk about that some other day, but, uh, all right. So let's just dive into it. And, yeah. uh, I, I would say that no matter what's going on in your life, uh, one of these is going to speak to you because God's working on you somewhere in one of these directions or one of these, right. uh, aspects of love. And, um, he's normally not working on all five of them at the same time because it's too <laughs> overwhelming. <laughs> it is, it is if he's working yes. on it, he sort of keeps the other four hidden, you right. know, because right. and there are just, times in your life where one of these is going to pop up. I mean, and just right. be out of nowhere. Boom. Hey, yeah. are you loving yourself? <laughs> I mean, you're going, Oh, nope. I'm not doing that. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, I'm jumping ahead of myself on this one, mm -hmm. but I want to say it before I forget it. Okay. So, Oh, sometime this year, uh, this year within the past 12 months, because mm -hmm. we're in a new year, um, came across this song by Johnny cash. Mm -hmm. It's called hurt. You've never heard hurt. Well, not, by, like not one by of him. the most. Oh, wow. That's like yeah. super famous, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I did some research on it and, mm -hmm. uh, realizing that it was actually done by, like heavy metal or rockers, or <laughs> there's even some folks that did scream, you know, the screaming version sure, of it. Sure. And, uh, uh, and so he, Johnny cash comes along, remixes it, rearranges it. Mm -hmm. Does it hit country style? And, and that, you know, of course when he, Johnny cash recorded it, you know, he's close to, to the mm -hmm. end of his life. He's, he's very old. Okay. And anyway, the words I'm just listening to that thinking, wow, you know, mm -hmm. starts off by saying I hurt myself today. Right. You know, in the hole to, to see if the pain is real. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And, yeah. um, and, and I, I do think that when we get to the whole loving yourself, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of folks out there. They just, right. they don't know how to do it. Right. Right. Absolutely. And they think, and some of them are thinking they're doing it and they're not, but anyway, right. getting ahead of myself. Anyway, sure. that whole heart song, uh, the lyrics are flat out powerful, man. I mean, oh, absolutely, and dark. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, you know, they're very dark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, somebody was going through some bad stuff when they wrote that song. Yes, yeah. absolutely, man. Okay. Uh, all right. So the first one on. Okay. So again, we're talking about directions of love, aspects of love. Mm -hmm. The first one we're going to talk about is receiving love from God. Okay. So uh, the Bible has a lot to say about. God loving us. I mean, mm -hmm. for God so loved the world, you know, John 3, right. 16. All right. So, um, but what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about, 
um, I, I don't know why God loves us or how he loves us or whatever, you know? Um, so first thought, uh, God loves you enough to show he, to show you, he loves you. Okay. So Romans five, eight says this, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us right. while we were still sinners. Now, okay. So to this verse for me personally, way back when was a game changer for me mm-hmm. on God and the whole salvation thing. And I'm not good enough, you know, all that kind of stuff, because, um, it obviously says that, you know, he loved us right. by sending his son. He showed us, he demonstrated that, uh, you know, by going to the cross, but while we were still sinners. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so yep. that really, encourages me because okay if he did that while i was a sinner while i was separated from him while i was an enemy of him mm-hmm. in living against him not trusting him not believing him not all that kind of stuff you know uh, now that i'm his child that i'm adopted into his family yeah. you know i'm born again all that kind of stuff uh the whole there is now no condemnation to those who are in christ mm-hmm. jesus i mean the whole i don't need to feel guilt right t you know what i'm saying right. uh you know, I, I don't even need to question God's love for me because right. he's, he's demonstrated it. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think the devil is constantly trying to convince right. us that God does not love us nor likes us. Yeah. And yeah. it's usually over some sin in our life, you know, big or little. And I don't want to you know, all sin a sin, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, there's sure. usually something going on in our life that, well, God can't like me because, and just fill in the blank, you know, mm-hmm. um, Cause I run into that all the time as just in counseling and talking to others, you I pick up this thing where it's like people seem to question his love, which is really yeah, amazing, man. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, and I think it, I mean, to a degree, I think it's because it's, it's completely, it's funny. I told somebody this one time it there's, there's a lot of religions in the world and a lot of them make more logical sense than Christianity, you know, where, I mean, you know, I do this and you do this makes sense to us. Um, I was your enemy. Um, like you met Romans five, eight was the verse you used. Romans five, 10 is the, you know, while we were still enemies, Christ saved us. And, um, you know, that doesn't make logical sense. That doesn't fit into our human experience. And, um, you know, um, when you were, uh, out for a while i can't remember which time you were out but i i preached on romans five eight or on romans eight sorry on on romans eight um through seven uh, one through 17 it's about life in the spirit and that's where it says therefore there's no condemnation and one of the things that that we talked about was that um the bible doesn't say um that you're not guilty it says there's no condemnation so you're you you did it wrong you got convicted, but now sentencing is over. And that makes no sense because in our idea of justice, our idea of, of um, I mean, you know, whatever you think about the justice system or revenge-based justice or, you know, um, works-based justice where we have to actually go out and, you know, do community service or something to get, you know, our debt paid. The idea that, you know, we walk into the courtroom and they said, yeah, you did this. We know you did it. You're guilty have a nice day. You're forgiven it is, it's just completely backwards. And so I do think that sometimes we struggle with the idea of God loving us because it just, it just doesn't make logical sense. And no, so many doesn't. other religions make logical sense. And, and well, you know, hard. yeah, well, going back to your courtroom illustration, I mean, let's just, let's just dive deeper into that for a minute, because think about it, you know, you did the crime, but the crime happened to be against the judge. Right. Right. Absolutely. You yeah. know what he's saying, by the way, I'm going to pardon you. Yeah. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it's like, what? Uh, right. Surely I've got to earn this. Surely I've got to, right, right. I've got to do something, you know, yeah. uh, which is amazing do. because out, out of that Romans five, eight, you know, another little principle out of that is God loves you enough to accept you as you are. I mean, while right. you were still center, I mean, you know, right. Uh, man, you know, I didn't, you mean I didn't have to get cleaned up first to be accepted? Right. I didn't have to get my because I hear that all the time. Well, I, well, I'll, I'll come to church when I get my when I get things together. Mm-hmm. Like what? 
you know, right. You know, right. I'll come back to God when I get things, you know, when I get my life straightened out. Right. What? No, what? That's, that's what you come for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's, you know, you said Romans 5, 8 had a big impact. And we mentioned Romans 5, 10, while we were still his enemies, he died for us. That's the one that had a big impact on me because it, the word enemies is so much stronger yeah. in, in our society than the idea of sinners because, you know, we harp on it all the time. Everybody's a sinner. Everybody's a sinner. But nobody wants to think of themselves as an enemy of God. Yeah. But true. you are, and you're working against God. And so, um, in fact, one of the things that I preached on when we did Romans 8 was that, um, oh, where is it? It's, um, oh, come on. There it is. So it's talking about the sinful nature. And in, in Romans 8, 7, it says, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. And that is, that's harsh, man. Cause it's yeah. saying, look, if you're under your sinful nature, you're an enemy of God, you're hostile to God, yeah. whether you think you are or not. You know, I had a conversation yesterday with someone about, um, I mean, they specifically said, you know, I don't know if I'm an atheist. I, I, I just don't know. Um, and I said, Hey, I, I get it, you know, and, um, and, uh, you know, people like that, I mean, and pe people like me, I'm not calling this person. I'm saying people like me are the same way before we become Christians is we might think, you know, man, I'm not really for or against God. And at the end of the day, you're going, uh, yeah, you're actually against God. That's what the Bible <laughs> says. And that's hard, but it's true. And you might not feel like it, but there it is. It is. And uh, this whole rebellion against God takes mm -hmm. on many forms. Oh, yeah. So, and I think a lot of times just people, Christians included, mm -hmm. yep. uh, that when we rebel against God, we're usually thinking, no, no, I'm not rebelling against God. I'm not like raising my fist at him. Right. But uh, you are giving him the cold shoulder. You're not talking right, to sure. him. You turn your back sure. on him, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, you don't read his word anymore. Um, you know, you're right. just kind of doing whatever you, and by the way, you know, when you go back to that Romans five, eight thing, mm -hmm. Okay, so it says, you know, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Again, you know, uh, the word sinner is so weird to people. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? It's almost like they're disconnected from it. And, you know, and I always tell folks, when you see that word sin or sinner, just put the word some form of selfish in it. Right. So while right. we were still selfish. Uh, you know what I'm saying? While we were still right. self-focused, it's all about us. We're the center of the universe. It's all about my happiness, all about me. Mm -hmm. And I don't care what God thinks. Um, uh, he still loved us. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine having children that are completely selfish and they don't care what you think, but you still love them? I mean, right. Uh, I mean, that sounds like a parent. <laughs> right, sure. Absolutely. I mean, you know, because I mean, yeah. parents understand that you still love your kids, even though they make a lot of stupid decisions, right. you know, or unwise ones and stuff. And uh, which brings me to one more than we need to move on. But one more sure. little thought about this uh, God loving us is that, you know, even though he loves us as we are sinners, mm -hmm. you know, he loves us enough not to keep us where we are. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Right. He right. wants us to grow, you know? And right. so Hebrews 12, six says the Lord disciplines those he loves. Mm -hmm. All right. So that word discipline means correction, training, improvement, adjustment, right. realignment, whatever. And, um, and so he's just going to work on you, mm -hmm. you know, to where you think more like Christ and where you, you know, you line up with how he designed life to be. And he wants you to be in that abundant life and that meaningful life and that purpose life, you know? And right. so, uh, uh, and it's going to take, and it's, and it's going to take discipline. Oh, by the way. Okay. So I was watching the documentary the other day and in it, somebody said this, they said they were going, okay. In the documentary, they were, had been going through some troubling times, you know, just mm -hmm. one issue after another. And this woman said, she said, I've always been taught not to ask why is this happening to me, but why is this happening for me? That's interesting. That is interesting. And when she said that, I thought, huh. And I that, think because all things say, work together for good, you know what I'm saying? Even in James, right. it talks about how, you know, uh, 
in, you know, the troubles and the pr- trials and right. tribulations are all to develop your faith and endurance and all that right. kind of stuff, you know? So as I'm going through this mess, okay, why is this happening for me? Because yeah, obviously sure. God's going to use it. I mean, it's a totally different right. paradigm shift. It mind, is. And when you say, why is this happening to me? It, it often takes the me part out of the equation. So why is this happening to me? Why do I have, you know, such a high insurance payment for my car? Well, it couldn't be that I've gotten pulled over for speeding 90 you know, <laughs> times in Mexico. I mean, you know, things like that, where it, it takes the focus off of us. And sometimes bad things happen that we don't control. Right. Sometimes bad things happen because we did a bunch of dumb stuff. <laughs> right. And I've done that. And, you know, we've dealt with consequences. Yeah. And so, well, even it, it takes that focus around some, which well, is nice. And if you think about it, I mean, if you're saying, okay, God, I know you love me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you've allowed this to happen. Right. Uh, I made the stupid decision. So now what do I need to do? How can I use this for me? What can I learn from, sure. you sure. know, uh, remember that? Oh, there was a Tiger Woods commercial. It didn't run very long, but it was after he did that stupid thing with him and his wife and yes, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and the commercial was a Nike commercial and they were trying to redeem mm-hmm. tiger publicly. Mm-hmm. And it was him just staring at the camera and, but it was his dad's voice talking. Mm-hmm. And it was some recording back when, uh, an interview with Tiger was dad, but you know, they took a section out of it and they, and, and his dad was talking, but all you see is Tiger Woods staring into the, through the screen and his dad said so tiger what have you learned <laughs> how have you grown yeah you gonna make any changes it is like and it, but it was his dad t- and I, I was thinking mm. dude that's interesting yeah that is, and, and I, I only saw it once but i thought yeah. that was Never a, that one. and i guess they decided to pull it for some reason but uh anyway i thought that was I interesting i i think you know you talking about the idea that god loves us enough to not keep us where we are flows nicely into what I see is your next point where we're expressing love to God. Right. And one of the ways we express love to God is we love God enough not to stay where we are. Right. You know, and, and again, we've talked about this. I mean, a dozen times, the idea of we don't earn our salvation by good works, but without good works, our faith is dead. And I think it, it matters when you put those good works and why, because good works are one of the ways we show our love to God. Um, and so, yeah, anyway, thought that segued nicely in. So, yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, all right. So we've talked about God loving you a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, which we talked about, I think we talked about 0.01% of what the Bible has to say about that. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, the second direction of love is we are to express love to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, Jesus said, you know, you must love the Lord, your God with all your heart, all your soul and with all your mind. And, um, that's really just who you are emotionally, mentally, right. physically, your whole life. That's what that right. is really all about. Um, okay. So, um, you know, when I think sometimes we try to love God without really receiving his love. Right. Okay. So these yep. two go together they because do. what the danger here, at least in my opinion, is if you try to simply love God without growing in your understanding of God loving you, what's going to happen is you're going to turn into a, a legalistic person. Yeah, because it's just going to turn into rules and right. regulation, spiritual rules, right. spiritual regulations, to-do lists, you know what I'm saying? Because you're trying, constantly trying to prove your love to God. And right. that's not what we're talking about at all. Uh, this is a relationship where you are feeling loved from God, knowing your love from God. And then because of that, you're just loving him back. Right. right. Okay. So this is a terrible illustration, but I think it'll work. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, I love terrible illustrations. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and it comes from my, uh, younger days when I was in seventh grade, I think, I don't mm-hmm. know what grade I was in somewhere around there. And, uh, there was, uh, uh, this, this is also going to reveal to people how shallow I was back then. Uh, okay. So there were, okay. I was in between class this, I don't know. It was like third. I don't know what they call today, but it was between like third and fourth period, you know, and uh, third and fourth class. So I'm walking from one class to another. And there was this girl that, uh, I hadn't, I didn't know her, didn't notice her, nothing. And she would say, 
Uh, so one day she would walk, she walked by, she said, Hey Jeff, how you doing? I said, doing good. She just kept walking. I thought, well, who is that? You know? <laughs> so, and she started doing that every day. You know what I'm saying? As if we're like, and I, I was thinking, do, do I know her? You know, wh- where do I know her from? You know, I, I don't know her. So, uh, but anyway, uh, make it a terrible story, even worse. Um, uh, I found out, you know, who she was and I found out that she liked me and that's why she was saying hi, but just because she started liking me mm-hmm. and I was available, I wasn't dating anybody. At the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was typical, you know, the typical seventh grader, you know, lonely seventh grader, always looking for a girlfriend, you know? And so, uh, uh, anyway, it intrigued me. And the next thing I know, uh, you know, I'm over at her house and my, my mom and her mom were friends and I didn't know that and blah, blah, blah. And we got to talking. And so, uh, nothing really developed, but here, here's my point is that I started liking her because I discovered she liked me. All right. I get see, it. See where That's I'm a going? really bad illustration, but yeah. I do get it. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. And I, I, so once I just, so what, let's take this in the spiritual direction here. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Once I started understanding, wow, God loves me. He wants me, you know, he's not rejecting me, you know, and he's actually interested in me. Well, I became interested in him. Okay. You know, obviously not like boyfriend, girlfriend, but you know, right. Sure. Something about my mind, my heart began to turn towards him when I realized, okay, he does love me. Don't fully understand that, but I understand enough that it has grabbed my attention. Right. Right. Sure. Okay. And I think that's why it's so important for believers to communicate the love of God to others, because I'm convinced mm-hmm. the devil's done a good job at hiding right. God's love that they don't even see it until one day that God's love says, Hey, Jeff, how you doing? And we, Whoa. Yeah. Well, who are you? What's all this about? Yeah. You know, and so God shows up in some form, usually through another believer and loving on them. But anyway, uh, well, and and there are reasons that, you know, when we talk about prayer, a lot of times I'll talk about Paul because, you know, when we talk about prayer, I don't know how Western this is or how, how far across the world this reaches, but the idea of just praying for, you know, God help so and so to feel better, you know, God help us to, you know, have money, you know, God help my sports team to win, you know, stuff like that. We pray those <laughs> prayers. And so we talk about Paul who had these theologically rich prayers and he's praying for different things than we usually pray for. Well, in, um, this is in Ephesians three, it's Ephesians three and starting in verse 17. Um, he says, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. He's praying for the church in Ephesus. And it says, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness in life uh, of life and power that comes from God. And so I think there's a reason there that it focuses on the idea that we grow down into God's love and become strong and become rooted in that. Then we begin to understand God's love. Then we're made full in God. And, and, there has to be an understanding of God's love first um, or even during. I mean, it doesn't, you never fully understand God's love. So saying, yes, you have to understand God's love. Then you can begin. I mean, is stupid because that's not going to work. You have to say, yes, you have to have some grasp of it. And then your love for God flows out of that. I think. Um, well, I mean, it's clear, you know, we love him because right. He first loved us. I mean, right, that's right. The Bible is very clear about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So before we go into the third mm-hmm. direction of love, um, I do want to just talk about this heart, soul, and mind briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So when you do the research, uh, okay. So, all right. Just so you know that, uh, I mean, I have studied this verse in, <laughs> I mean, almost more than I wanted to. Because this sure. this here was a uh, key verse in uh, my dissertation when and so I had to unpack this thing mm-hmm. this heart mind soul thing and um, when I so my dissertation was on emotional discipleship how to intentionally grow 
uh, as a Christian dealing with emotion, the emotional part of who you are. I think I had forgotten about that, but I mm-hmm. liked that when, when I first saw your stuff. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, cause I had seen, uh, and that may be a, that may be a good podcast talking about emotional discipleship, you know, it's but an anyway, interesting one, yeah. yeah. So, uh, cause most people think of discipleship as mental. Mm-hmm. learning this and we verse. tend to to yeah. downplay the idea of emotions too and i get right. it we don't want to let our emotions run everything but that is a part of us right and so, yeah and i mean all through the bible it talks about like stuff right. like be angry but sin mm-hmm. not so right. be emotional sure. but don't sin sure. in it i mean right. okay all right so you know anger is not the sin i mean people get angry right. all the time that's not sin right. the sin is what does it produce okay so anyway uh you, you, that's that's part of my dissertation as well. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. So what, what I want to do is uh, mm-hmm. I want I want to give you the one cent aspect of the hundred dollar answer to this heart, oh. soul and mind. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so really when we're talking about the heart, it's really talking about your will. Okay. Mm-hmm. This right. is the choices you do, the actions you do. This is your, what I call the doer. And, right. uh, uh, you know, loving with all your heart. Uh, the soul deals with your emotions and uh, which also it's intertwined with, you know, your attitude, your convictions, how you feel about things, which impacts your beliefs, you know, your convictions. Okay. So you have your heart really deals with your behavior, uh, you know, your doer, your, the soul deals with your emotions. This is your feeler, your beliefs, and then you have the mind, which deals with your intellect. This is, you know, your thinker, you know, what you think. And mm-hmm. the Bible talk, always talks about, you know, renewing your mind. You know what I'm saying? Right. Think on these things, have the mind of Christ, all that kind of stuff. So what you have here is you really have your heart, soul, and mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect. You've got your doer, your feeler, your thinker. Okay. And so when we're talking about loving God, we're talking about loving him, expressing that love with what I do. Right. Okay. Expressing that love with how I even feel. Mm-hmm. All right. Getting your emotions under control under his umbrella and also loving God with how I think, you know, taking every thought captive. So um, I, I want to tell you what I've just said mm-hmm. is a lifelong journey. Okay. Oh, sure. Absolutely. This is yeah. something huge. Matter of fact, even Jesus said, all that summarizes the whole Bible. Love God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Sure. Okay. And so, I mean, so the Bible has a lot to say about this, but uh, just wanted to give the audience out there something to think about when it comes to loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Sure. It's, it's more than just what you do. It's what you do, you feel, and right. you think. It's, it's who you are. Right. So uh, there you go. Yeah. All right. So, all right. We talked about God loving us. Mm-hmm. We've talked about us loving God. Now let's talk about uh, loving others. Yes. All right. So Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. So let's talk about that love your neighbor part. Uh, I'll let you go. You got any thoughts on loving others? <clears throat> I think I think loving others is a, a minefield sometimes because we th- there are there are ways to love others. And if we are not using all of the ways... I think we stumble into a big problem because, you know, like, like the idea of, all right, create a relationship, speak life into somebody. They're not a project, but you know, so if you know somebody to say living in sin, well, I mean, there's a few different ways that people consider that to be loving others. So somebody is involved in blatant. Sin. Let's say, let's say you've got a friend um, cheats on his wife all the time. Okay. There is a group of people that would say loving that person is just loving them for who they are leave them alone. Let them make their own decisions. It's fine. (laughs) There is another group of people that would be like loving others is just letting them have it all the time, man. You don't have to be friends with them. You shun them. You know, this is speaking the truth in love. And I think neither of those is loving your neighbor fully. And so it's, and there, and there's a group of people, I mean, that would be like, you know, loving that person is leaving them alone and just taking care of the wife that he's cheating on. And I, I think there's, there's lots of aspects to it. And when we boil it down to just one of those, we're missing the point. And, and that's where it becomes very difficult. And I think, you know, you address some of them in your notes and I haven't looked at this section of your notes because 
I mean, I just didn't. <laughs> I was working on some stuff this morning and didn't look at it. And, you know, but I um, didn't look at it. And I looked at the highlights. Yeah. But, you know, ultimately loving your neighbor, I mean, you have to have an authentic relationship with them. You have to have a real relationship with them. And you have to be able to speak the truth in love. This doesn't mean, you know, I remember, man. So I guess starting in probably... I mean, I was born in 86. You'd know more about this than me. Um, <laughs> I know, but I would say it was probably the 80s when homosexuality uh, denunciation from the pulpit got really big because of the AIDS epidemic. Would that be right. fair yeah, to no, say? Yeah. I think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and so since then, we have seen not people creating relationships and being able to talk to somebody about, I mean, some of this stuff. But I mean, guys standing up in the pulpit, I remember this, there was this IFB pastor a while back that said we should put any homosexuals in cages and basically they won't be able to reproduce. So they'll starve to death and die. Wow. Wow. And he would say, I'm speaking the truth in love. No, Uh, no, no. uh -uh. (laughs) You're speaking something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would disagree with that. That Well, absolutely. Speaking truth in love. Wow. Right. And so (laughs) this idea of loving your neighbor has, has pushed people to so far to the extremes and i know i'm like ranting a little bit here but it's just pushed people so far to the extremes that we either have leave it alone or shun them or you know beat them with your words constantly and neither one of those i think are authentically what the bible is saying when it says love your neighbor Um, uh yeah well yeah absolutely because okay so this came what you're talking about not the homosexual thing but just this Peace versus truth, unity versus mm-hmm. truth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, at Life Group last night, mm-hmm. um, in my house, we, I not last night, Wednesday night, uh, we were, you know, we we were looking going through the Gospel of Mark, and we were in a section oh. there. But anyway, it calls us to ask the or it calls me to ask the question. Okay, what's more important, truth or unity, and how do you determine it? Mm-hmm. Okay, in in a relationship, in a church, and that kind of thing, and so. Uh, and it was very difficult mm-hmm. to discuss that question for some of them because you're thinking, well, at times, you know, you want to, you know, be at peace with people. Sure. But yet you also want to share truth. And we, you know, we got into talking about churches usually don't split over truth. They split over methods. Right. Absolutely. Fight over methods of how to do something or somebody didn't do something or the whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, this whole truth. And and I think that happens quite a bit. So you have a friend who is living uh, in a certain way that's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, dishonoring to God, dishonoring himself or herself and others. And you're concerned about it. And you're thinking, okay, if I bring it up, does that affect my unity, my peace with them? Right in the relationship, uh, you know, do I speak truth to them and how do I do that in love? Which again, that may be another whole podcast. I was going to say, how that, but that's speak something truth that in people, love. And that's something that people have argued about for, I mean, I mean, I would say, I mean, since the Bible, you know, there are instances in the Bible where, I mean, you've got two people that are church planners fighting over specific things and trying to figure yeah. out how to maintain peace. And I don't think there's a good, one size fits all answer. No, I just not. know that when you go to extremes, we have we create more problems than we fix, and that's not that's not loving someone, you know. Okay, so I think one of the best examples of this whole speaking truth in love mm-hmm. is all right, King David messing around yeah, yeah, with yeah. another man's wife. Yeah, yeah, he's been doing it for a while now. Mm-hmm. And Nathan, is that uh, yep. is that right? Yeah, this is one of my favorite Bible verses, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But you know. yeah, so anyway, uh, Nathan is, is bothering him. Yes, and um, he, uh, you know, he approaches King David, tells him this scenario mm-hmm. about this guy that was uh, what was he's it? Got all these sheep. He's got all these. He's got all these sheep, man. I, I almost he's rich to, in I sheep. I almost wanted to say he has all these rubber ducks. Yes, there you go. Because uh, if uh, for those who were VeggieTales Veggie yeah. uh, fans, you, you understand. Yes. So anyway, um, but uh, anyway, yeah. And he says, and, and King David says, you know what, uh, man, we ought to just bring down the hammer on that guy for taking that one sheep. And then Nathan says, well, you're the man. Right, right. He, he yes, takes what, 
a sheep from one man that has only one sheep to add to his you know thousands yeah. of sheep yeah yeah and uh and so see to me that's an example mm-hmm. of speaking the truth in love right right because as soon as he did so that is second samuel uh second samuel 12 7 and i know that because um i'm trying to think what it was on but i had a test in college or something and they were asking <laughs> me for a a specific Bible verse that I really liked. And I put down second Samuel 12, seven, so that when the professor looked it up, it would say, you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> you're Obviously the it's man. not like that, but, but <laughs> I mean, immediately he says, you know, he says, no, you are that man. And then he talks about this stuff. And then immediately, and I think this is how we know that it, it was spoken in love and it was spoken from God. And it was spoken at the right time. Is that immediately David says, I've sinned against God and he, he recognizes it and he begins to move forward. And um, yeah, I, I just think that there's, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say I came to know God because that guy yelled at me and told me that God hated my sin and that God hated me because <laughs> I said, I don't know that I've ever heard of anybody no. coming to know God because of that. And, Man, I've been doing this for 25 plus years. I've right. never had anybody right. say, man, yeah, they came and they yelled at me and told me how bad mm-hmm. of a person I was. And I was ruining my life and everybody's life. And right. they were mad at me and they were going to kick me out and blah, blah, blah. Right. No, I never heard that. And, and, you know, I mean, I've heard people that, that have, you know, struggle with specific sins, very, you know, public things or whatever, and said, man, it is, it is very refreshing to them when a pastor has said, and I actually, I've got a, you know, I've got a personal experience with this that I, I mean, I won't share, but it's that a pastor has come to them and said, I don't necessarily agree with what you're doing, but you know, I love you. And I think, you know, you're trying as hard as you can. Mm-hmm. Let's talk sometime, or, you know, I'll keep my relationship with you, but and I think because there's authenticity in that, there's authenticity in saying, I may not agree with you, but, you know, I do love you. And I, you know, personally, I hope you change, but, you know, and so there, there's a lot there. I think there's a lot of facets to that, that we tend to, we tend to condense down and we tend to oversimplify loving your neighbor. And so, yeah. And it's tough. I, I mean, it's tough, tough yeah. to love others. Absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's easy to love people who are loving. Um, right. And who's got right. their life together and, oh, wow, man, they've lost a loved one. Let's just go love on them. It's right. another thing to love somebody who makes poor decisions, you know, hurts yeah. themselves, hurts others. I heard somebody ask the other day, and this was, dude, this blew my mind. So It's a Wonderful Life. You've seen It's a Wonderful Life? Mm-hmm. Okay, spoilers ahead for It's a Wonderful Life. The movie's like <laughs> 80 years old, so whatever. <laughs> but um, George Bailey is yep. going to kill himself. He's a very lovable character. He's trying as hard as he can. He's just made some mistakes. Some are his fault. Some aren't. He's going to commit suicide. Um, everybody, you know, nobody wants that because he's so lovable. Anyway, he showed the angel shows him, you know, what it would have happened if they were born. He determines the meaning of his life. As somebody said, so, so the main bad guy in this um, is Potter and Potter is like this evil banker that wants to take over the town, take all the money, all this fun stuff. And and the guy said, think about your love for others. And he said, would you feel the same if standing on that bridge ready to kill himself was Bill ba- or George Bailey or Potter? Ooh. And you're going, oh, man, because, you know, Ooh. everybody wants to see Potter get it. But And so, yeah, it's easy to love George Bailey. You know, super nice guy, yeah. lovable. It's not so easy to love Potter. And, yeah. and you know, you can call for accountability on Potter, but feeling like I'm thinking, yeah, if he was standing on that bridge, I mean, part of me inside would be going, you know, yeah, you're going to get it now. This is what you deserve, you know, stuff like that. And so, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's hard, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's, but that's true. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because even the Bible talks about, you know, love your enemies. Right. Oof. Right. That means love people. Love the people who are treating you horrible. Right. Right. Now, how do you do that? that that's another podcast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. I, I want to read a verse and then we'll move on. Yep. Ephesians 4 2 says, always be humble mm-hmm. and gentle. Yep. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Yes. Okay. So one of the signs I'm convinced one of the signs that you're either 
that you love somebody mm-hmm. or that your, your love is growing for them is that you have this humble, gentle attitude towards them. Yeah. Uh, you're finding yourself being more patient with them. Uh, and you are allowing for them to have issues. Yeah. I mean, you're just, you're, you just, you're loving them and, um, you know, you're not arrogant towards them. You're not prideful to them. You're not harsh with them. You know, you're, you know, you're not being impatient with them because they're not changing fast enough or whatever. Uh, something about love causes you to have this humble, gentle, patient, forgiving attitude towards them. Uh, and, and I think sometimes when, if you're, if you're married, you know, ask yourself, do I really love my spouse Mm -hmm. based on Ephesians four too? Yeah. And, uh, uh, and that is, I've seen people handle that really well. And I've seen people handle that really poorly with the making allowances for each other's faults thing. And it's, it's obvious when somebody's handling it poorly, the New York times. So I, I read sometimes in the New York times and they had this article the other day that got blasted into oblivion and it deserved it. It was an opinion article. And, and basically it was titled, I hate my spouse. And it said, that they believe everybody who's been married for longer than five years hates their spouse. And here's why. And I mean, they're talking about they snore and they do this. And I'm like, okay, either you've got serious problems or you don't understand what the word hate means. (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, I would say that this author of the New York times probably has large problems in their marriage that they are not allowing for someone's faults because of their love, you know? And so I would say that's probably handled poorly. Well, somewhere in, uh, my marriage in the early days, uh, Pam and I picked up something. I don't know if it was out of a book or a conference mm-hmm. or something, but anyway, on, on marriage. Mm-hmm. And anyway, uh, one of the things that we, we are very honest about is when we are having a discussion, <laughs> Um, an animated discussion. <laughs> uh, one of the things that we will say is, uh, look, I love you, but right now I do not like you. <laughs> and I need a break from you for a few minutes. <laughs> I, get that. I get that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely, you affirm, yeah. okay, I, I, I love you, but I don't like right. you. And, right. and, and, and cause a lot of times we get that confused. Oh, well, they don't yeah. love me cause they don't like me anymore. Yeah. And it's almost, yeah. it's not even necessarily that I don't like, you know, Sarah, if we're having an argument, it's, I don't like your position on this. I don't yeah. like how you're thinking about this. I don't like the way you sound. I don't like the way you I sound. Like the, about I don't this, like right? the way you treat me. I don't like the way you're not doing what I think you ought to do. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And, and ultimately, you know, what kind of helped me, and this, this isn't necessarily the case with all neighbors or necessarily even all spouses, is that, um, you know, I can't remember where we read this early on in our marriage, but it was, or something, or somebody told us, but that when you are fighting with somebody, and this goes along with the church too, that ultimately it comes down to the idea of, okay, what are you trying to accomplish? Are we still on the same page here? Are we still on the same mission with two different ways on how to do it? Or are we on two separate missions here? And, and I've noticed that, I mean, some in churches where we have to go, man, we got, we got, this is not two different philosophies of ministry. This is two different ministries. You're trying to accomplish this. We're trying to accomplish this. And, and at some point, you know, when you're, when you're loving your neighbor, making allowances for those faults, the easiest ones to make allowances for are ones where we're on the same mission. The ones that we're on the same mission are a little harder to make allowances for if you're right. fighting. It there. is. So, yeah. Yeah, but anyway. it is. But right, we're so, still called to. So. Yep. All right. So, God loving us, mm-hmm. us loving God, um, and us loving others. And now the fourth direction of love is others loving you, receiving that. Right. Okay. I want to be honest with you. This is difficult for me. This is one of the hardest ones for me, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because, okay. So let me just throw a verse out there and then we can talk about it. First Thessalonians three twelve says, may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. Okay. So he's talking about, all right, you know, Y'all love each other. We love you. And, you know, this is, uh, he's talking about love going two different directions here, you know, right. from us to you, to you, to us. And, um, I will say it feels awkward 
when other believers yes. are trying to love me. Yes. And I, I don't, I don't know agree. why, yeah. you know, uh, it's an emotional thing for some mm -hmm. reason. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whether they are loving me by blessing me, encouraging me mm -hmm. or they're correcting me. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're concerned about something. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, I am 53 years old and I still wrestle with how to receive that. Yeah. You know, I'm better at receiving it than I used to be. And, uh, uh, and I think even in, whether it's, uh, in between believers or when it's between family members or a husband and wife or whatever, uh, you know, sometimes it is hard to let, especially if you are, especially if you have a servant's heart, you know what I'm right. saying? Right. And you're wanting to bless and you, that's kind of your mindset. It is hard to turn that off and just let people love on you. Yes. You know, absolutely. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's oftentimes hard to, I mean, it's hard for everybody to receive correction in the form of love or not in the form of love. I mean, it's hard for people to get corrected period. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I feel very awkward when people, you know, try to show me love sometimes. And that, you know, that's a me thing. Please, if you are a Christian, continue trying to show everybody <laughs> love, including me, but yes. just know that it's going to be awkward. <laughs> so, yeah. But no, yeah. I, I think that one's a very difficult one for me, but I do think it's all of these do tie together and receiving love from others is a very big part of, um, I mean, I think all of them, but especially the next one, understanding, you know, we don't have to jump into it yet, but understanding how to love yourself is tied very closely into letting other people love you. Because I think some of that stems from the idea of self-worth. Right. And, you know, are you worth something to anybody? You yeah. know, the people that struggle the most, I think, with like loving themselves, loving others, struggle with the other one as well. You know? Well, okay. So um, I'm going to be a little transparent here. Maybe too much transparent. Okay. Uh, it may get awkward here. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, when people tell me mm -hmm. they, when they express love to me in any form, mm -hmm. but, but specifically if they say, Jeff, man, I just want you to know, I love you in my mind. The first thing that pops in my mind is why? Yeah. Y you know, I mean, no, it makes sense. Uh, Cause I, 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 I know me. Right. Right. And I struggle loving. I struggle with loving me, which we'll talk right. about in a moment. Right. And why in the world, you know, so, mm -hmm. and this irritates my wife to no end because for 32 years, <laughs> she, she'll say something like, mm -hmm. you know, I just love, I just love you. You know, I'm so glad we're married, blah, blah. And, and I, my, and with her, I'll go, well, Pam, you're going to have to write out a dissertation on why, mm -hmm. because it makes no sense. Oh yeah, man. You know, that yeah. you would love me and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, and it drives her nuts. She said, just accept that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I've said, I've tried, but I can't. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. so in my, but in my mind, I really do struggle with, uh, believing mm -hmm. that people actually love me and, and right. the people I, can have the capacity to right. sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So, and I think part of it, okay. So our past does affect us. And this is where mm -hmm. I think God has to renew my mind. He's working right. on it. And there's obviously something here that is deeper than, you know, what we could talk about, mm -hmm. you know, in this podcast, but uh, regarding me, uh, but I do think that part of it is in my world, I see people say, I love you. And then they leave people. Gotcha. Yep. So, um, and Pam and I have talked about this, mm -hmm. uh, where the, the, I love you doesn't mean anything mm -hmm. sometimes to me Yeah. without, and, and I think that's part of the reason why I'm always saying, well, what do you mean? Right. And, and I'll tell you this, I will tell you this, what mm -hmm. did not help a few years ago, I took a couple of extra classes, uh, at the university of Missouri. Mm -hmm. And uh, because their insurance program was so awesome, that's why I took right. the classes. Sure, there you go. Yeah, right. But one of the classes I took was uh, the foundations of relationship mm -hmm. science. Okay, yeah. and one of the sections in that was 
dealing with this phrase, I love you. Now they're not coming mm-hmm. from a biblical perspective. Sure. They sure. just study relationships. They study what people say, what they mean. And based on their research, this university, uh, not the university of Missouri, but another university, they uh, did research on what do people mean when they say, I love you. Yeah. And there was nine different meanings. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. And, um, uh, so, you know, when I, when I was reading through that and I'm going, see, now that that's me right here, because I'm mm-hmm. uh, here. I love, you know, and I want to, I want to say, okay, well, here's the nine different typical, me- which sure. one do you mean? Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to expect, I don't want to think you mean number two, yeah. which is important to me, but you really mean number seven. Yeah. Uh, so, so this whole, so receiving love from others, right. I, I, and I think, I don't think I'm, a, I'm alone on this struggle. Mm-hmm. No, uh, no, not there. at all. And I think that's one reason why the Bible constantly says, demonstrate love to others, because it right. just takes time for people to believe it. Right. And we really need it. And some people need mm-hmm. more convincing than others like me. And, right. uh, well, and yeah. And based on, you know, what you said about, about people's past, I mean, we see this a lot. Um, I mean, everybody, but I mean, in abuse survivors in people with trauma, especially things like that, we, we start to see, um, a difficulty with self-worth. Um, and so being worthy of love and being worthy of receiving love or being worthy of loving yourself. And I think one of the really important things to note about these five things is outside of us loving God, um, and, even then knowing that God, you know, having to know God loves us before we do that. These are, I mean, they're completely separate from the idea of worth. Um, God loves us even though we were still enemies because he finds us worth it. But this, our idea of worth doesn't play into this. We love people because they're deserving of love because they're people, right? Not because they've earned something. And um, I think that's where some people struggle with, with four and five is, well, I haven't earned that. Right. You know, I haven't, I, I don't see how you can, because I didn't do anything to deserve yeah. that. Yeah. I'm not good enough for you to love me. What, what, right. why, why would you even waste your time? Right. Sure. Loving me. Sure. Right. And, and that's, that's where I think people struggle with receiving love from others and, and love oh, themselves sometimes, not all the time. I mean, sometimes it just feels weird, but it's definitely, I mean, it's, it can definitely be tied into self-worth. And if somebody's out there going, you know, I don't feel like I'm deserving of that. Well, that's okay. You don't have to be deserving of it. This is by virtue of being a person, you know, made in God's image, a child of God, you are deserving of this. And so, well, yeah. you know, okay. So my wife had, you know, has said repeatedly mm-hmm. over the years, whenever I say something like, man, I, I really deserve this or that, you know, and I'm saying like, man, I really deserve, I you know, to this. be blessed or something, or I deserve a boat or whatever. And she said, <laughs> she'll say, she'll say, Jeff, all you deserve is death, hell, and the grave. By God's grace, you're getting salvation. You know, I don't ever remember where I had heard that until right now, but I know you've said that before. I'm like, yeah. So uh, needless <laughs> to say, yeah. one of the reasons why uh, God placed, Pam in my life is to keep me rooted in truth of how much I don't deserve anything yeah. except <laughs> the grave. But uh, anyway, uh, I, well, let, we kind of already done this, but let's sure. we can go back and sure, forth on these on last two. Bit, but yeah, uh, let's talk about this uh, loving ourselves. Uh, now, the you know Jesus said, "Love your neighbor." as yourself so for him he is connecting right those two together and uh you know somebody once said that people who hurt Mm -hmm. hurt other people right okay so um you know if you don't like yourself there is high potential for you to not like others right you know and uh so somewhere in there, we have to start loving ourselves, and uh, you know I don't really have a lot to say. I mean, I mean, again, this—I mean, I do have a lot to say about this, but yeah, you know, oh, I yeah, dive yeah. into it. Uh, so, what does? I guess the question I have is, what does loving yourself, you know, look like? 
I mean, as long as you're not being selfish all the time, right, right. It's not demeaning yourself and always and always putting yourself last, right. You know, to where you don't take care of your own needs, right. Got any thoughts? I don't know that I do. It's hard, man, because sometimes we see the idea of, you know, well, this is um, this is self love. This is what I'm doing to take care of myself, and sometimes it ends up being something that's very unhealthy. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, never putting other people first. Sometimes it is living in that self selfishness. And so I know there are ways to ruin the idea of self-love. I don't know what, what it should look like necessarily, you know, and, and I don't know. It's weird. Now I do think that as we've talked about, you know, a lot of loving others boiled down to the idea of forgiving and making allowances. And some people struggle with that with themselves. So, I mean, a part of loving yourself may boil down to, okay, I need to be able to let these things go and forgive myself, you know, move on from things. And so I, I don't know. Um, it may look like spiritual growth in God. Um, so loving yourself enough to not stay where you were, you know, and to, go for bigger things, which, you know, means growth in, in God. So I don't know. There's, I think there's a lot of answers and I think there's a lot of bad answers too. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, you know, obviously. Okay. So I, I think maybe, maybe we could say loving yourself means investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure. Uh, and I do think you need to have, you need to make sure you're aware sure. of who you are, your energy level, I mean, there are times where, I mean, Jesus, there were times he got away from the crowds. He, he would, he would, yeah. he would get away from doing ministry. Jesus would go take a nap. He would go take I a mean, nap. Sometimes um, maybe you need to take a nap. We've said that yeah. before on this podcast. I there were times that. where he would sneak out away from a yep. crowd. He would, right. uh, you know, he had pulled the disciples off to where they could be away from people sit privately, you know? Right. And, um, but, uh, I do think people, you know, I don't want to sound I'm not trying to sound secular or mm -hmm. not or non-spiritual, but there, I think there are times where you do really need to take a look, man. I need more sleep. Yeah. I need exercise. Yeah. I need to start eating healthier. You know, I need to spend more time with, you know, alone with God in his word. I need to invest in myself, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. uh, or you need to shrink your circle down a little bit. I, I really need to just yeah. pour myself into it. Be better for me to do less so I can do more with what I got, you know? Right. And so, uh, uh, and I think that's part of loving yourself. And I do think you hit on some things I, because really, if you're having a hard time forgiving yourself, accepting yourself, you're, you're probably going to have a hard time forgiving others, accepting others. Yeah, absolutely. In, in yeah. some form. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the Bible has a lot to say about examining yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and taking care of yourself and, um, I mean, uh, man, what was that guy's name? Was it Elijah or Elisha? I think it was Elijah. Anyway, he wanted to die after the whole, uh, it was Elijah, uh, where he called down the fire. Okay. Yes. Yes. And consumed the whole, uh, the sacrifices and yeah. all the, um, uh, false prophets right. and priests and all this other stuff under Jezebel, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, couldn't do it, but he, you know, he brought the fire down, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so then right after that, he runs off because Jezebel decided yeah. to kill him. Okay. Right. And which is weird because he just did this incredible thing. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Now he's yeah. running from this crazy woman. Yeah. And so, uh, but he gets out there by himself mm -hmm. and he decides that he, it would be better for him to die. Mm -hmm. So right. he is wanting to die. Okay. So God shows up and, uh, and talks to him and tells him, okay, here's, here's what I need to do. I said, he's, he gives him some food and then he says, I want you to go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. All right. So he feeds him and he tells him to go to sleep and he does this again, feeds him, goes back mm -hmm. to sleep. And then after that, well, Elijah, it was like, okay, I'm ready. God, what do you want me to do? And he goes on and does whatever God wants him to do. And, uh, and I do think sometimes the most spiritual things you can do seem non-spiritual. Like, man, you are cranky and depressed because you haven't eaten. You know what I'm saying? Or right. you've slept for three hours a night for the last three nights. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. 
you know, and so take love yourself, say no to some stuff and, uh, do some, you know, take care of yourself. So you feel better. You think better, right. you know, that whole process, but right. Uh, right. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's weird, man. I don't yeah, know. Cause it, I, it, I think people do take it too far, but it's kind of, they a, do. but they take it too far in both directions. They try to do everything for everybody else and they, you know, can't do it there. They, right. Um, or they, you know, only take time for themselves and do nothing for other people. <laughs> and so, just, yeah. yeah. I, and I think all five of these things, I think these are things that we really need to grow in. Right. And again, as you study the Bible, everything you study in the Bible is going to fit underneath one of these five categories. Uh, I mean, everything, um, it doesn't matter. Just open the Bible right. and point and you're going to go, Oh, that fits under loving yeah. God or loving yeah, others or loving me or something. Absolutely. And so, um, so this is very significant. God, God knows it's important. And I think we need to take it as important as well. So, sure. Sure. uh, as you study the Bible, it may be a good, you know, a good questions be five questions. You know, you're reading the Bible mm -hmm. and you're thinking, God, what are you saying? Just ask this yeah. question. Okay. Is this ask, is this telling me something about how to love God? Right. How to receive love from him, you know, how to love mm -hmm. others. Yeah. You know, how, how to receive love from others or how to love myself. Uh, you might find that that might help you to see what that text is actually yeah, saying. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Uh, all right, man, that is the five directions of yeah. love. And hopefully that has been helpful for some folks just to kind of think through those filters. Sure. Uh, and, uh, all right. Any closing comments? On no, your no, I, but uh, we'll see you guys next time. Oh, hey, um, we did put up a thing on Facebook a while back and Instagram about asking questions for the podcast. So if you have questions, there are ways to do that on our Facebook, Instagram page. Yeah. Come be let great. us know your burning questions and we will tell you we don't know. And, <laughs> you know but, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to dive into them and, and what the Bible has to say. So, yeah, yep. but, uh, I like it. We will um, we'll hopefully get some of those and we will see you next time.